Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh! A Podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by Oh! Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oh! Rock Studios. And uh, I'm Michael Gray. I'm the head writer for Oh! Rock Studios. How's it going, Michael? I suppose it's going fine. Uh, so, you've got big news, maybe? Or, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> What's going this on is, with uh... Francie and Friends? You, oh, you've been posting about it all the time, yeah. Lots of stuff, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been saying for months that it's basically done, but now, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to be uh, announcing a release date in the next couple of weeks. It's it's ready to go. It just went through uh, beta testing. I've fixed all the mis- all the typos that our testers found. Um, the glitches that I amazingly found in my Nigerian prints like three years after we made the darn game. So um, what is, I, I mean, so what do you yeah. mean by there There were actual glitches in that? How is that? In my Nigerian prints? Yeah. Oh, wait, what was it? There was, um, there were problems with, uh, some of the sound effects. There was something weird where the, the email sent sound effects like just weren't running, like they weren't playing. Oh, um, no. And I, I figured that I think it was actually because I updated RenP, RenPy, RenP, however you want to pronounce it. I updated the, the software, and I think um, the updated version changed how the software reacts to different lines of code. So anyway, it was it was all it was all fixed. It's all taken care of. Um, I'll test it again um, when I have what I think is the final version on Steam, and, and see if there's any other issues. But um, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a bit of a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, so um yeah, I I have the Steam page set up. I have the screenshots, the trailer, the all the stupid fiddly little images that Steam needs you to make. They make they need they they make you make like five or six different logos in order to post a game on Steam. Like you have to put a logo that goes on the store page, a logo that appears in search results, the logo that appears if there's a sale and like they're you can't just copy and paste it because they all they're all different sizes, but they're also like all different dimensions, different like scales. Like some are wider and some are taller, stuff like that. So I mean my strategy was I made one image that I thought looked good and then I basically remade it six different times. <laughs> that works totally well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it took a little while. The the biggest problem, um, and people who follow me on Twitter at Paul M. Franzen probably saw me having uh some frustration with the little tiny image that appears in search results. I had a lot of trouble kind of squeezing things into that, but, um, Oh, yeah. Hey, That's, I think yeah. I figured out the problem. Okay. So <laughs> this is really stupid, but what you yeah. said just solved me with the problem with, um, uh, mermaid mission Titanic. I think that's going to be the name okay. of the game. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and, Unless one of the testers can think of a better one. But basically, I, you know, I finished writing the Mermaid game. I don't know if I've mm-hmm. mentioned this on the previous podcast or not. But, um, um, we, talked, we talked about it a bit last month. Um, we talked about whether uh, I could, I slash O-Rock Studios could publish it for you. I think. Yeah, yeah. So now, yeah. now, now, you know, I've written the game. Um, and there's, there's two basic... Uh, well, let me get to the problem. I, you know, I've been trying to load this uh, this code, and the game keeps just throwing it right back at me, saying, this is bad, this is bad, and these are all <laughs> if statements. 
I think it's because I wrote the game in Microsoft Word, which automatically capitalizes <laughs> the word if, because it's the first word oh, in the line. Oh, that might do it, yeah. And so it does. This this program does not accept if <laughs> a capitalized if. It must be lowercase, otherwise it doesn't recognize it as a command That's function. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think Ren, RenPy does do stuff like that. Yep, yep. All right, so I'll just, just have to replace all that stuff, and then hopefully that means um, everything else is gold and there will be no more no more yes. errors. That's usually how coding goes. You just code it once, and then it's done, and you don't have to worry about it ever again. <laughs> That's not how it usually goes. Yeah, goes. You, you fix one <laughs> that is... error, and that created 95 more. <laughs> that's That's how it usually goes. <laughs> and then you you know you test it 800 times over the course of development and you send it out to testers and they immediately find six other things you did wrong <laughs> yeah some people found uh glitches with uh the second francie drew game too uh there was a scene where um you know how sometimes we have like a flash of lightning striking uh mm-hmm. there was a there was a there was a part where the lightning just flashed infinitely it just kept going <laughs> it did not that stop was flashing amazing. Why would anybody complain about that? It was fun. Okay, well now, yeah, okay, so I, 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 I put that fix in, and as expected, we've got like nine, uh, about twenty more things for me, twenty yep. more problems to solve. But one of them is super long. Okay, so I'm gonna close that here and ignore that and focus on uh, the, the podcast. Oh, you're not, you're not gonna sit there and code a game while we're talking. That would be really good. No, okay, yeah. so uh, yeah. With, with the the mermaid game, um, yes, yeah, I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, there are basically two puzzle segments that I uh, um, did in this game, and the first one is uh, sort of a maze. Like it, you know, we're in a cave system, and there are five tunnels, and you know, you need to explore all five of the tunnels, and you know, one of the tunnels has like a shell which you have to use in a different tunnel. It's it, it's very simple. I I was expecting to do something way more complicated but I decided to make it simple on purpose, and then it ended up being like 15 pages of programming. In any case, it's interesting to uh, see how I um, did this, because I I wrote that puzzle before um, understanding how to program anything, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. (laughs) I didn't know how to program, so basically I did it like three different ways, just guessing how uh, to program it in uh, RenPy, RenP, depending on your regional accent. (laughs) Um... I think I think it's RenPy because I think the Pi is short for Python uh, programming language it's built on. Um, but I think I've also read that the creator says he doesn't care. So <laughs> RenPy Tom doesn't care anymore. No. Nah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's see. With the first puzzle, I basically did it with a, a giant giant menu system. It's basically a huge menu. The <laughs> second one, I just did a bunch of. Um, you know, conditionals. So if if you have this variable, so it's based on variables. And then the third one, I just split up the room into like four different parts and, and you know, yeah. basically split that up into four different sections. So it's like, okay, if this is your first time mm-hmm. visiting the room, you get this variation of the room. If it's your, your second time visiting, you know, you get this variation, so on and so forth. And it's kind of interesting in a nerdy sort of way just to see like those all work but it's um just interesting the differences mm-hmm, between mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. and i can clearly see that what happened um you know for the last two rooms is i i got tired of programming and then just decided to go for the shortest possible programming <laughs> method 
It's like, okay, well, you no longer have the option to ignore the puzzle and, and just go back. Now, now, as soon as you find the puzzle, you are forced into the puzzle until you get a solution. Yeah. And that stuff just always takes me forever. I mean, I've only tried to do puzzles in, uh, what, the two Francie Drew games, I think. But it's always like, you know, I'll be coding, coding, coding. Oh, these scenes are going by really quick. Oh, man, I'm making real progress. And then, like, three days of me trying to figure out how to make a puzzle work. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's, I mean, it's rewarding in the end. It's it's really rewarding when the puzzle actually works. But uh, it doesn't feel very rewarding when, at least when I'm doing it. <laughs> Just, it fr- it's frustrating most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> smacking my head. Yeah, with the uh, puzzle number two, I think it's a, a it's a lot better because I actually you know looked up how to do some programming before writing it into yeah. the script. Yeah, well, that does help. <laughs> so I mean that 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 helps. But uh, I tried to do an adventure game segment. Okay. Oh, here, let me bring up these details. I've. There's a segment in the game where the hero uh, goes onto the Titanic, uh, and, you know, she's a mermaid. Um, mm-hmm. So she goes onto the Titanic and basically takes a tour and sees things. And it's basically so she can figure out how to destroy the Titanic. It's like, oh, she learns about the bulkheads. That's really the entire point of <laughs> that segment. You're destroying the Titanic? <laughs> Hasn't the Titanic been through enough? <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It, 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 it's funny because uh, <laughs> I realize the Titanic has engines and stuff like that, but I don't know anything mm-hmm. about engines. So. Of course not, yeah. The way it works in the script is like they, they visit the bulkheads and then the tour guide says, oh, we're going to the engines next. And the mermaid's like, I don't know what that word means. I, <laughs> that's probably not important. And then she just ignores it. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to get around that. Yeah. Basically in this, uh, I guess, meta segment it's like this day of the game you've got two things to do you need to talk to a specific character and go on the tour of the titanic and you know talking to that specific character was like 10 pages long it's quarter it's kind of a long conversation but mm-hmm. the tour of the titanic it was like a page and a half at most and that's including <laughs> a lot of fluff because there was really nothing nothing in that section that was important besides she learns how bulkheads work which sure i had to look up so hey so i just asked my wife it's like what could i do here to like make this segment better because it, it's really lopsided right now and she said oh you need to have a, a puzzle where she gets locked in a room and she has to escape and i'm like i think they did that in 999 but i'm yeah. doing it yeah, and and water starts slowly filling the room, and you have to solve all the puzzles before you... Well, I guess you're a mermaid, so you wouldn't drown. It'd be okay, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was actually... I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking of um, having three endings to the game, and it, it was going to be... It's like, okay, what if she gets trapped in the bulkhead again while it's filling up with water, and that completely changes the dynamic of this, uh, you know, escape room puzzle segments, mm-hmm. because, you know, she can swim in water... And she can reach higher up areas, and I decided against it because I couldn't really think of anything else that would be super different. But uh, so I'm trying to do this uh, escape room, uh, sort of like an adventure game uh, segment, and I figured I'd make it simple. Like uh, you know, instead of having four walls to the room, this room apparently only has three walls. Okay. <laughs> Wall number four is entirely the exit door and nothing else. <laughs> sure, that works. Yeah. And, you know, each area has two inventory items and, uh, you know, two items that you use inventory items 
on. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I'm uh, I'm really excited to see how this works because I I don't know how to do how to easily do point and click mechanics, point and click adventure mechanics in uh, Renpy. I'd be really curious to see what you come up with and how it works. I'll be really curious yeah. to see if you know I I ran it through yeah. if I run it through and mm-hmm. it goes through. Here I've got my notes here. It's like, okay, so basically, you know, three areas in the room, each one has two inventory items. And so three areas, two items each, that adds up to like six puzzles. There are six puzzles where you use an item on a different item. So I decided to add a second round to the challenge. You know, all these six puzzles, well, all of those six puzzles give you one item and, you know, each item gets used on another. So that gives you three more puzzles. So overall, there there are nine puzzles. Basically, you've got nine inv- possible inventory items that you can use on stuff. You know, nine possible things that you can use inventory items on. So I was stupid. Uh, <laughs> I um, programmed every single possible combination. So she has unique dialogue for Fun. every all eighty-one uh, possibilities. Yeah, technically, that's awesome. Technically ninety, but that that leads to spoilers with the puzzle. So. <laughs> No, that's good. That's what you should do. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I think um, I've played it. I've played like you know big full length adventure games where they try to do that too. I think um, Daedalus games do that a lot, like the Deponia games. Like I don't not for quite every interaction, but nearly every possible interaction, like everything that you can use an item on, there's like a specific tailored interaction, no matter how like obscure or stupid the interaction is. The, he still says something about it. I, I think that's fun. I think it's cool when games do that. So that's awesome. Well, I even did that for uh, impossible interactions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, impo- like ones where like you can't even possibly have this item in this room, like stuff like that. Yeah, or... you can't even possibly have this item. So like, uh, <laughs> so oh, that's gosh. like if people hack the game, they get to see the secret dialogue. <laughs> yeah, give me an example of an adventure game puzzle. Oh gosh. Oh. Uh... Uh, using the crowbar on the window to break it open. Okay, use the crowbar on the window in order to get a, 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 a broken when you get a broken piece of glass. Yeah. And so, what if you use the broken piece of glass on on the uh, on the window? On the, on the window. Oh no! <laughs> it's like no, no, you can't do that because you got the broken piece of glass from the window. So I mean, I still programmed. It's like, wait a minute, didn't I get this item? Well, I mean, that's 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 very thorough, at least. <laughs> Like it means you're not gonna you're not gonna miss anything if you do it that way. So I mean that's that's something that's cool. And like yeah, um, maybe people dig in the code and, and figure that out. I actually um, I, I not to go off on too much of a tangent, but speaking of people digging into the code, um, Cat President on Steam, someone recently wrote uh, an achievements guide, a guide to getting all the achievements, and <laughs> they definitely figured out how to get all the achievements by just looking at the raw code and seeing where it says add achievement. <laughs> because like they reference things that you could only know if you've seen the code and they were like talking with me about it so i don't know how they did that i didn't think i made that possible i i i tried to steal the code from like, no i didn't i wanted <laughs> oh, to steal I'm, I'm, i wanted yeah. to steal some of those pictures because that was you know for my placeholder art but it's not really yeah. that big of a deal oh uh, and yeah, whatever you want i'll be i'll be happy to send it along and shouldn't be too much trouble um, yeah just let me know okay well, what I'm doing right now is, like I said, I finished writing the game, and now I'm basically just, um, it's not a beta version. Whatever the word is for the version of the game that's just placeholder art. Um, I guess alpha. Alpha? Uh, pre, pre-alpha, pre maybe? I, f- I feel like that's a phrase. Why not? 
Let's go with that, yeah. Let's go with pre-alpha. Alpha, beta, yeah. gamma, delta, epsilon. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, right now I'm just making the version of the game where it's just placeholder art. There's no music yeah. or sound effects or anything. Oh, like. you, have a, you have a whole world of fun things to explore when you start putting that stuff in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be great. I can. Um, that's another thing, too. I can send you uh, links to the different places where I find... Uh, public domain and creative commons music and sound effects and stuff like that i got a, i got like a whole library of websites you can visit oh good i'll need i'll need bubble sound effects and that's literally yeah. the only sound effect i could think of <laughs> oh. oh you gotta add sound effects it really it makes the the game feel more rich at least i think so yeah so i mean it's going to be in this this maze this mm-hmm. cave maze where she just she swims around and um yeah th- i mean that's what the bubble sound effects are going to be <laughs> I guess getting back to uh, how to program an adventure game segment. I know it's possible to um, have the uh, user just click on a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like they click on the actual screen. It's like, whoa, I clicked on the crowbar, and the crowbar gets added to my inventory. Mm-hmm. But that sounds complicated, so I just <laughs> I just did a search this area function instead. Okay. I don't know oh, if- so, like, so it's just like, a regular decision, like text-based menu decision, yeah, like search so area. Yeah, yeah, basically the entire adventure game segment is going to be done through, um, you know, normal menus. Oh, now that's interesting. Oh, I really want to see how you do that. That sounds great. Yeah, so that's how you find items is, uh, yeah. okay, I search this area, search this area. It... <laughs> Once people figure out how to play it, it's probably going to be less interesting, but it's basically, okay, I go to area one, search it four times. Go to area two, search it four times. <laughs> Area three, search it four times. Sure. But, uh, I mean, also in the menu, I've got, you know, check your inventory to see what inventory items you've got. Um, Right. Interact with various items with the conditional that, A, you've already searched the room and found this item, and B, you haven't already solved that puzzle. Hmm. This is interesting. So this is sounding almost almost like a text adventure, like a Zork kind of game where it's like, you enter a room and then you just have a list of commands that you can like yeah. explore, examine, check inventory, all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's interesting. That's a really interesting way to do that. Yeah, I, like I that. tried to do it through a. I, I couldn't figure out any other way to do it. I also added a tutorial, uh, or not a tutorial. Ooh, fancy. What do you call it? A hint system where you you call okay. a friend for help. <laughs> and Fun. just for the version that I'm going to be giving to you know like people to test, um, I also added just completely skip this entire segment <laughs> at the bottom of the every menu. That's handy. Yeah, but asking a friend for help was surprisingly easy to do. It just checks. It's like okay, area one. Have you found everything there? No. Yeah. It tells you, hey, try searching there again. Uh, you know, it does the same thing for area two. And then I just have it go down the list of inventory items you might possibly have, and uh, there's a clue related to each inventory item. Very interesting. I don't know... Hmm. You know, I've got, I'm writing questions for testers, so basically, yeah. yeah, right now I'm basically revising the script and, um, you know, writing out uh, and getting it into uh, actually into an actual game. But um, I've got some questions for testers about the adventure game segment and everything. With the adventure game segment, I'm I'm trying to do um, like some of those silly moon logic puzzles that you see in old adventure <laughs> games, and I'm trying to justify it by the fact that our character is a mermaid. Okay. 
And so, for example, there's like a crate that you uh, you know you need to open, and you can't use the hammer on it, and you can't use the crowbar on it. Or like, there's a pit of mashed potatoes, and you can't use the spoon on it. <laughs> Why the, can't you? She can't figure out how to use the spoon oh, to get the no, item that's in the mashed a, oh, potatoes. No. Oh no! Oh Michael! <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how people are going to react to those puzzles, but. I thought it would just be a fun little joke if the obvious solutions are not, you just can't oh. do it. So I, I tried to get away with something like that in uh, The Beard in the Mirror. Um, there's a part where uh, the main character, Paul, has to dress like uh, this other character, uh, Lily, who has blonde hair and a green dress. And so you're trying to acquire a green dress and blonde hair. And I had, <laughs> in the dungeon area i had a, a mop sitting around and and the entire the entire purpose of the mop was so you could pick it up and try to combine it with the dress just so paul could say what that doesn't look anything like hair this is a mop that's stupid <laughs> <laughs> just because i was just because i was annoyed of, of you know kind of the trope of using a, the top of a mop as as hair because it looks like hair because it doesn't look anything like hair i wanted to uh lizzo didn't let me get away with that though she made me cut that <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, looks like you thought... I thought it was fun, but no. Yeah. Did not make the final version. So, uh, basically one of the questions I'll be asking testers is, does that make sense or is that annoying? Because it would be pretty easy for me just to go back and, you know, make it so, hey, the mashed potato, the spoon does work on the mashed potatoes. Yeah. Or just or just remove the spoon. <sighs> I don't want to do that. That's, oh, no, you don't want to remove the spoon. That's, no. a, that's a lot of work. Plus, I, I wrote all those possible things that you can use the spoon That's on. That's true. That's true. You can't get rid of the spoon. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's see. I had a list of questions to ask you for um, about publishing. I don't know if... Or, I guess, about programming. Yeah. Um, let's go for it. I can I, I can try to say, offer whatever help I can. Okay. So, um, with character names, um, yes. basically with every character... I tried a different um, character naming um, situation for pretty much all the various characters. <laughs> but do okay. you know if there's a way to check what the last letter of a character's name is? Um, uh, so this is like a name that like the player typed in? Yeah. Or, oh, man. Um, I know how to check what the name itself is. Um, no. See, so here's the... <laughs> The answer is no. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> um, but what I would suggest is what's what's really cool about RenPy as a game development software is that it's been around for a long time and it has a pretty uh, well-established community. So a lot of the times, even when I have like the most obscure question, I can just search for it in Google and there's a decent chance that someone's come across it before. And if nobody has, then you can post on their forums and like, the guy who made Renpy, 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 Tom will uh, will frequently just respond and tell you how to do it. So there's that. Um, but no, I have no idea how to do that. Yeah, no, I tried to look it up just now yeah. with uh, okay. uh, uh, on Google and got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would suggest um, posting on the forums. Okay. You never know. I imagine the most common situation with this is to yeah. do um, an apostrophe S or S apostrophe, depending on the character's name. But uh, I'm. I want. You know, oh, I could just. Okay, yeah, that's what you're trying to figure out. Okay. 
I could just rewrite this section completely and, and, and avoid it, but no, actually, um, the mermaids are speaking uh, Latin, so um, <laughs> I just decided that's that's going to be the mermaid language. <laughs> Fun. Didn't we try to translate one of our games into Latin one time? <laughs> we translated uh, the one into Spanish, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, my Nigerian prince, I feel like we talked about trying to translate it into Latin, too, for, for no reason. <laughs> Nobody would play it in that. Yeah, I no. could probably do it, but... <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a segment where um, she's talking to uh, another mermaid, and she doesn't yeah. want other humans to overhear, and so she purposely speaks in the mermaid language rather than sure. uh, English. So, yeah. um... Yeah, I, f- I feel like the solution to that would be either post on the forums or, yeah, just rewrite it so it doesn't use the possessive form of the person's name. Just, like, use a pronoun or just, you know, just re- redo the sentence entirely. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, just just call her. or I could pretend yeah. her name doesn't have an accusative. I think that's the ca- No, that's not the case with Maria, though. Sometimes with proper names, sometimes with not. I'll check it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm looking this up right now on the podcast, but I can. That's all right. I'll pretend it's our her podcast. Name do whatever we want. Maria, 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 Maria. Uh, pretend it's vocative. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, gosh, I thought I had three questions. Oh, how do you go back to the title screen? You just use return, um, right? I think it's just return. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's an easy. Yeah. <laughs> Nice simple one. And I think that that either takes you to the title screen or it might take you to the splash screen if you have one. I'm not sure which. Oh uh, my. Splash. Yeah, the you know, the part in our games where uh where it has the Argle Fump logo. Oh okay. hey, everybody. That thing. So I have a character named Lieutenant Swimmers, although <laughs> it's one of the you input the name for the lieutenant, but the default name is Swimmers. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, as opposed to, you know, just type it in with no default name whatsoever, which yeah, is the case what... with the main character. Okay. But I was wondering if there's a way to have the text box read, um, you know, LT space and then swimmers. Um, yes, I think so. Let me let me look at my code real quick for, uh, I have Pizza Boy open. That's one where, we, where you can type the character's name in. Let me just look at it. Um, yeah, because I think it, that would be some of the characters, some of the name in the text box is player-defined, but not all of it. And I wondered if that would totally screw things up. I wonder if you could do something like... So, like, I'm looking at the Pizza Boy code. It says, like, first name equals, and then it has the, the part to input what the character's name is. So once you do that, it'll it'll set the variable first name to Doug, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how that works, for example. Um, I wonder if then you could, after that, have a bit of code that says, like, introduce a new variable called, like, actual first name, and it could be actual first name equals, quote, lieutenant. That's it. And then that's name how we of the variable. Do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's how we do it. We switch switch names. Okay. You just change that's the cool. variable after they input it and just append that to the front. I mean, maybe there's, there's, a, there's a cleaner way to do it, but I mean, that's probably what I would try. Okay, I'll just add a note. Add a second variable here for actual name. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so with the, the mermaid's name, here at the start of the game, 
I wasn't quite sure if naming every character would be worth it, or but uh, you know, I asked on Twitter if people had any good names for uh, the mermaid character. Oh yeah, uh, what did you get? I, oh, Topaz, Shelly, Pearl, <laughs> Angel, Veronica, <laughs> Shelly, Splash, yeah, <laughs> Oceana, uh, Fins, Splasha, Coral, Fuchsia, Murex. Anyway, so. Instead of having like a menu that says pick from twelve names, I, I have a menu that just randomly displays three three of those names. So every time you play it, it will suggest three three different names. Oh, basically. I see. Okay, yeah. And then the fourth option is just add your own name. And if you pick Ariel, I think the game yells at you. I don't know if I got <laughs> rid of that. Should. <laughs> as it should that's hilarious a mermaid named ariel really that mermaid name is so cliche let me fix it for you <laughs> and then i change it to ariel the font <laughs> oh no oh that's pretty good i like that okay and the daughter's name same thing where um there were seven names suggested for the daughter so um you know randomly picks like seven of those names but then the mom's name is, uh, mom is Thalassa no matter what. That's just Greek for C, so, um, okay. nothing too fancy there. Uh, with the dolphin, let's see, I had exactly four suggestions for the dolphin's name, so I just put, you can use one of these four suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no opportunity to, to type in your own name there. Oh. But I think with a human name, I, I also did a, you know, ask people, what do you think about a human name for this character? And I got some got some good ones. But the problem is, most humans have first names and last names. Mm. So I, I had to try to basically do twice as much work in order to randomize it so it would pair random first names with uh, random last names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, gosh, what were they? Ten? Yeah, I got ten suggestions. And, um... One of them, uh, this is just a joke on my part, but uh, Argolfumpf is one of the names. <laughs> so uh, I, I had to throw in extra programming there. So, like, if Argol is randomly picked as your first name, then the last name is automatically Fumpf, no matter what. <laughs> but uh, with everything else, it's it's just randomized, so something can be a first name or a last name. Which makes it slightly easier that mm-hmm. way. And I think they make fun of you if you pick uh, Argyle Fonfire. Oh. So right, yeah, today, basically today was just um, me programming up to the uh, first puzzle uh, segment. That's basically all I've been doing. And then after that, it's going to be just a huge breeze because it's basically just all dialogue and simple menu choices. This is something else um, that I'm doing specifically with the the Mermaid game is trying to have longer um, dialogue options. Oh, cool, yeah. Because I know with Cat President, it's basically, you know, hey, Rover says, hey, do you think I'm sexy? And, you know, your, your choice is yes or no. And, you know, if she says no, she's like, no, I think you're ugly. Just kidding, I meant yes. And it's basically the same. The conversation basically is the same, no matter what. One option has, like, two or three more lines of dialogue than mm-hmm. the other. But other than that, the game just completely is exactly the same. So you're uh, you're saying the dial the choices are going to have a little more impact, or you're going to see more differentiation. Is that if that's a word? Yeah, more choices. Yeah, yeah, differentiation is a word. Yeah, there's going to be more difference between the the two choices. 
So, like, uh, I mean, it's not going to have a, too much of an impact overall in the game. I, I did it two ways, if that makes sense. Let's see. Uh, uh, the conversation is, uh, husband? What's a husband? Flipsy, never mind. I forgot mermaids don't have families like dolphins do. And she says, oh, I remember hearing something about that, but I don't remember the specifics. And then you get two choices. Like, you could ask him, what is a husband, or do you have a family? So it's uh, basically like a page, rather than just three lines. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, that's cool. it's like a page for each option before before they come back. And the way I did it there was... I basically wrote the one option one day, and then I wrote the second option the next day. And just doing it that way, by doing them on different days, the dialogue was different enough, even though it's the same basic stuff that gets covered. That's cool. I think that's something um, people commented on in Cat President, too, is that they wished that the decisions had a little more impact, or at least more difference between the two. So that's really cool that you're addressing that in the new game. I like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and the big confrontation with the villain of the game, um, that one is just a huge dialogue tree maze. There are, like, five different plot points um, for that conversation. You basically kind of pick the order that that it goes through, but basically that's just a huge conversation, just all the various ways you can go through it. Because I don't know why I split it up so many times, but there... Gosh, 28 different page break. <laughs> so this conversation is made up of 28 unique different scenes. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to have, tried to make more of an impact with the, the conversations in this game. So, um, I was going to ask you about the, uh, the, the Twitter text adventure. <laughs> Oh, that was so much fun. Because I've been hogging, oh, hogging this. I didn't actually get to see much of this. What happened here? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I kind of, I needed a break after a, a long uh, contract I'd been working on. I just needed to, you know, kind of do something that was just for fun. So the thing I came up with was I wanted to do an interactive text adventure through Twitter. Uh, so the way I did it was I basically, I would, I would, I would set the scene. I would say something like you, you arrive at the door to an old mansion, and I'd, I'd describe the mansion, describe what you're seeing and hearing, and then I would ask, what do you do? And then people would tweet out their responses of what they thought we should do, and I would just kind of pick the most interesting one, and we'd, we would build this, like, collaborative, interactive story out from there. It was, like, me, and I think <laughs> I think we had, like, nine different people participating, so it wasn't, like, a huge thing, but, um, yeah, I did it over the course of an afternoon, just on a you know, random day on, on the O-Rock Studios Twitter account. Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I mentioned to you, it's like, isn't there some way to easily make this into a, a game? <laughs> no, it's just for fun. I didn't want to... I, 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 have, I have too many ideas for games as it is right now. I, I, I don't need to mind the, uh, the weird little story about... Well, it was <laughs> about a haunted house and a, and a person that turned into a, a giant blob of jello. <laughs> It's a very silly story. Yeah, so you made it all up on the fly. That's, that's yeah, neat. yeah, yeah. It was cool, and like I, I tried really hard to to incorporate the things that people were adding. Like there were there was at least one person on Twitter uh, who was like not just saying what the reaction was, but she was trying to add to the lore of the story too. Like adding her own spin, like trying to 
add to the character's backstory, trying to add to the the blob monster. Who is this person? And I thought that was really cool. So I, I really I was trying really hard to make sure that people's what they typed, like really the the answers they submitted, really had an impact on the story, and it wasn't just me kind of railroading them into whatever I wanted to do. Uh, which was kind of easy because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to tell a haunted house story. <laughs> that was that was sort of as far as my prep work went on that. Huh. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I'll try to maybe I'll try to do one for uh, the Francie Drew game release. <laughs> Interactive. Uh, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, a way to uh, promote Francie Drew. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I think it'd Interactive be... Interactive mystery story. Yeah, how would I do it? I don't know, like... There are, there are like four places. Uh, maybe it'd be just like the uh, the Francie, Francie Drew 2 where, you know, you've got like six... There are basically six places you need to investigate. I I remember. Mm-hmm. It's like you investigate two and then a cutscene happens. And then you investigate two and then a cutscene yeah, happens. Yeah. Basically, you're just deciding what order you're, you're, you're going through these scenes and puzzles. You're not really changing too much. Yeah, I mean that was that was sort of a key thing that I was trying to do was was really like the players were really defining how the story played out. It wasn't like yeah, like I said, it wasn't prepped, it wasn't pre-written at all. Um, so it might be kind of hard to do that with a mystery game. Like if you if you know who done it, then it's hard to kind of let the players investigate who done it. Although I guess you could set it up so that you know they choose what to investigate and stuff like that, and try to find the clues and whether they find the clues or not. Mm-hmm. So that was something I sort of worked into my game, too, was that <laughs> after, you know, about like a half hour, I randomly just introduced hit points into the game. <laughs> like the character didn't have any health bar until something happened where the character got hurt. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have hit points now. Uh, and that introduced the possibility that the character could definitely die at some point. And there is a part in the game uh, where I was 100% sure that I was going to kill the character. <laughs> there, like I was sure that the, <laughs> the Twitter was going to lose and the character would die, uh, but then someone uh, came up with a creative solution and got out of that just in time. But so basically, if the did you like have a solution in mind, or are you just oh, waiting no. for a creative no, I solution? <laughs> I was I was waiting to see if they if they came up with an idea that I thought was reasonable, and if they didn't, like it was what they were uh, they had been sucked in by the Jello monster. They were drowning in Jello, and like I had them losing hit points every every few tweets, I guess. And if they didn't come up with a way that I thought was a reasonable solution to get out of the Jello, they were definitely going to drown and die, and that was going to be the end of the text adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was all set to do that. I was I I would dare say I was excited to do it, but then then someone came up with a solution of um one of the items that they had picked up was a book of puns, and then they they read from the book of puns or or what was it? They gave the book of puns to the blah monster or something. In, in any case, it made the uh the Jello monster laugh so hard, gave such a raucous belly laugh that it the character was expelled from the Jello and up <laughs> through the hole in the ceiling, and they were able to grab on the ledge and and pull themselves up. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, I, I, I do hope to uh, to do something like that again. It was a lot of fun, and we um we did give out prizes too at the end. I. Um, I let people choose a free code to any of the Orock Studios games or one of the Awkward Steve uh, pins that I had printed up that say, Hi, I'm Awkward on them. <laughs> um, a bunch of people picked those and I mailed them out to them. Okay, okay. Let's see, any other... 
you know, I posted on my blog a lot about a, a time strategy game, but that's all stuff I wrote like weeks ago at this point because <laughs> I write my blog in advance. So sure. I just have all those notes in a text file waiting for me to open it up someday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've made a lot of progress on Pizza Delivery Boy over the last few weeks since my, my contract wrapped up. I've coded, you know, the next 10 pages or so. I think I'm halfway through whatever chapter I've been on for the last while. Um, where I got, I got stuck for a little while. Oh, the, the, the scene with, um, where they're playing the, the, the cell phone game. I kind of got tripped up by that for a little while. Yeah, so that's a, that's the time strategy game, uh, parody, I guess. Oh. <laughs> That's fun, but yeah, um, but yeah, I'm finally I'm making very very steady progress on. I'm very happy about that. So I don't know when it's going to be finished or anything. It's it's interesting. You are you are so much faster at all of this than I am. It's very very impressive, <laughs> both writing and the coding. Yeah, I mean the only thing I'll say with Pizza Boy is like I'm I am doing the sound, the music, and the art and every like I'm I'm basically like making the the finished scene as I go. I'm not. I'm not uh, really doing much in the way of placeholder. I'm just trying to finalize everything to the extent that I can as I go on the first shot. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's that probably that's slowing me down a little bit. But yeah, it's. I've I've always always been impressed by how fast you are, how efficient you are at this stuff. It's really it's really impressive. Yeah, you know, I I I feel like with some things I'm very efficient, and other things I'm not. Like I haven't touched the uh, the Catholic priest game. <laughs> I have let that email that you sent just sit in my inbox. <laughs> inbox for months i'm well, going to respond been, i don't even remember what i emailed you so we still need to figure out what love and trust number two is going to be and i think i might have yeah, figured okay. it out uh, well i mean you know i was it's so tough it's like i wanted to be somebody who i can't put a name and face to but basically, the idea I had in my mind—I uh, know I've wanted to put like a, a speed dating scene in a in a game forever. <laughs> and today, that's all the notes I have for Francie Drew. Um, three. Oh, and the speed dating sham, and the speed dating sham, which I was yeah. Which for those of you who don't know, I maybe sent that, Paul. Maybe that should be the Twitter adventure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I sent Paul a thing for. Um, Gosh, even before we picked the first game, we, we did My yeah. Nigerian Prince, and there's like, we've got to do a Francie Drew game, and I, I suggested three of them, and one of them was the Speed Dating Sham. So I was just yeah, thinking... The, the, the lost Francie Drew game. Yeah. I was just thinking there's got to be a way to work that into the Catholic Priest game. So I was thinking, it's like, what would be, like, you know, you know, it gets told that, you know, priests can, you know, get married and such... I was thinking there'd be a, a girl who forces our hero to go speed dating to find a girlfriend because he totally has to do it now, now that he can. Man, we don't have time to get into this now, but uh, many years ago, before you and I started working on games together, I, I was trying to work with a, a group of people to put together a game called, uh, I think it was called Speed Hating Any Man Will Do. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a game about you know it was a romance dating sim about going to a speed dating event and everyone's just like absolutely the worst person in the world and you have to pick one of them and go on a date with them. It was <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but the the team just totally fell apart. That sounds amazing. Uh, we need to make that yeah. game. Um, I do have I got permission from the other people who worked on it to to move forward on, w without them if we ever wanted to. I can if you want someday we can. I'll send you the notes for it. Oh, it's just notes. You don't have like an actual script. Uh, we have 
we have part of a script. I think we have like the intro and we have like all of the characters kind of fleshed out. Uh, Interesting. And I, yeah. yeah, that was I start like that was a game where I kind of learned how to use Ren Renpy. So there actually is like a coded version. Like I coded the intro and whatever to that game, stuff like that. Man, yeah, that was fun. Uh, all right, so we're running out of time. So should we? We got a question on Twitter. Do we want to talk about it real quick? Sure. Yeah, uh, this question comes to us from Elizabeth Pfeffer, and she wants to know, do you like to play holiday-themed games, and what are you dressing for as for Halloween? So this was an idea that came into my mind um, when perusing the holiday-themed section of a library. Um, I just noticed, wow, they've got a full Thanksgiving section, and there are no thanksgiving video games it's like we should make a thanksgiving video game okay what would a thanksgiving video game be i have absolutely no idea that was that was as far as my thought that, that's not as far as it, yeah that's there's fun. also cinco de mayo section i'm like is there a cinco de mayo video game probably maybe um bastille day uh video game reenact the storming would be interesting yeah i i feel like i've played like Basically, no games centered around holidays. Um, I, I was wondering. I feel. I bet there's like hidden object games about Christmas and and stuff like that. Um, oh, there are tons of Christmas games. Yeah, That's a category of so. uh, the casual yeah. casual games. Nope, we've got a couple of Cinco de Mayo games. We've got Cinco de Mayo: The Battle of Puebla, eighteen sixty two, which is a board game. <laughs> and there's a couple that are drinking games. Hmm. Where, where are you? Where are you finding these? And there is two de Mayo. Uh, I just searched Cinco de Mayo video game on oh. Google. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I thought you had some fancy website. Or I guess Google is a fancy website, but yeah, yeah. Cinco de Mayo guitar Malyong. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but sounds like they just threw different words together and, Saint, and tried to make a story. Saint Patrick's Day visual novel. Um, no, nothing. There we go. We can make a St. Patrick's Day game. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, and Halloween, you dressing up, uh, for Halloween this year? Nope. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I was <laughs> Sorry. gonna, I was gonna do a, a, a costume in tandem with the baby, but, um, you know, my wife went ahead and bought costume for the baby with, without consulting me first, so now I'm just not having any costume in protest. Oh. Yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't really dressed for Halloween, uh, probably since like we were required to for school. <laughs> Is Halloween like I, I like the spookiness of Halloween? I like the candy, but I've never really been into the the dressing up part, and I or like Halloween parties or anything like that. It's just it's it's never been my thing. I like the candy and the costumes. I don't really don't like the spookiness. Oh, so I'm the other way. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, scary movies or anything. I used to get really into uh, decorating our house for Halloween. Like, I still have, like, two or three boxes of just Halloween decorations. Like, uh, I have, like, a rug in the shape of a spider web. I have, uh, like, an almost, like, animatronic ghost that, like, you nail to two different walls and it flies around your room on a string. Um, but the problem was that it takes a lot of time to get set up for, set up these decorations and then, like, Christmas is, like, right around the corner, and I really go all out decorating for Christmas. And it's, it was just too much. If Halloween was in, like, April, I'd probably still decorate for it, but it's too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't handle it. Uh, I ended up repurposing the flying ghost as I put a Santa hat on it, and now it's the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> <I see. laughs> it's so bad. 
Um, yeah, I hope that answered your question, Elizabeth. We're both not great at Halloween, I guess. Yeah, it always made me wonder um, about cosplaying, too. Yeah. That's, that's like a special level, but I'm like, no, Halloween's enough. <laughs> well, maybe I'll dress as Awkward Steve for Halloween. I put on a cowboy hat and said, howdy, howdy, and, and that was my costume. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfumpf, which is spelled exactly as it sounds. Uh, you can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Um, and I wanted to remind everyone that next month I'm going to be uh, at Retro Game Con in Syracuse, New York, uh, November... Whenever, the 16th, 17th, I don't know, look it up on the internet. Uh, but I'm going to be there. We're going to be playing, I think, The Beard in the Mirror, because uh, that's an appropriately retro game. So if you want to come ha- hang out with me, talk games, play some games, that's where I'm going to be. Um, and if you have any questions about game development or our, any of our games specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Anything you'd like to add, Michael? Nope. Um, have a happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah, happy spooky times. Yeah, you know, Twitter us if you're dressed up like any of our characters. Yes, oh my god, I will die if someone is dressed as Rancy Drew or Awkward Steve or or a cat. Actually, I want to see some Frisky pictures. I follow uh, Frisky's owner on Twitter. That would be great. (laughs) Just share it with Frisky's owner and scare scare them. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yes, absolutely. I want to see someone dressed as a giant uh, presidential cat. That's what I want from Halloween this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Okay, goodbye. My wife says she doesn't like the idea of the mermaid getting flirty with the dolphin. And it was totally <laughs> her idea to begin with. No, you have to leave it in. That's awesome. So it's switched to uh, the dolphin gets uh, the dolphin has like a pretty obvious crush on her and she just doesn't realize it. Oh, it's sort of switched to that.